Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life, an inspiring, empowering series where some of the world's cutting-edge mind-body-spirit healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you their wisdom, their tools, so that you can move beyond your fears, your doubts, any limiting beliefs that have been holding you back, and helping you to heal any pain, illness, or trauma that you may still be carrying. I am your host, Tanya Penny, Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Catalyst and Coach, and I'm here because I'm devoted to helping you heal, because you really do deserve to enjoy a healthy body, have a peaceful mind, a balanced life. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Ah, so today I'm excited to share the wisdom of Laura Biswith with you. We are going to be diving into, wow, a very, a very important and sometimes touchy subject for a lot of us, love and relationships. So a little bit about Laura before we dive into our conversation today. So first of all, um, I'm really happy to have Laura join us because I was on their event at the beginning of this year, I couldn't believe it, it seems so long ago, called the Love Mandala. Ah, so just had a really nice experience um, with Laura and Stephanie, her, her partner in crime, and so was really excited to share Laura with you guys today. So Laura Smith is with hope I'm saying your last name correctly, is an author, teacher, and entrepreneur committed to furthering the revolution of love on this planet. And God knows we all need that right now. She is focused on teaching how to both love ourselves and experience more love and intimate relationships. She is the co-founder of the Love Mandala business, mother to three teenage daughters, and lives in the Los Angeles area. She holds an MS in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica and an MBA from Yale. Her focus is on helping women experience the love their hearts desire. She is the author of two books, The Cosmology of Love, 70 Plus Ways to Experience Greater Love and Affirmations Love, and Affirmations of Love, 400 Plus Affirmations to Create Profound Love. Yay. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Tanya. That was a very kind introduction, <laughs> and it was a, it was a pleasure to work work with you earlier this year. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yes, you are so welcome. I know that this has been quite a year for both of us in terms of <laughs> growth and change, and I guess um, you know we we get reconnected when we're meant to, and when we're meant to come out and and share share more about our experience. So um, so here we are today talking about this topic of love and relationships, 
which I know uh, during the holidays can really get even more stirred up and um, be even more challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? It, it's funny because we all have these, you know, we're almost taught this fantasy about the holidays and, and it, it has this inherent magic in it. And yet we've kind of like created a world where there's a lot of frenzy and stress around it. And we have to be very, I think to have that magic from the holidays kind of come into our lives, we have to slow way down and find different ways of being in the holidays that maybe, you know, we've sort of collectively, you know, experienced in the past. <laughs> and, and well, in different ways. Oh, yeah. Relationships are a huge part of it. I mean, yes, we have all the fun and magic of, you know, the decorations and all that stuff. But my gosh, I know for a lot of the people that I work with and including myself that, the holidays really stir up a lot of that, um, you know, the old stuff, that that old family stuff that we've kind of still been carrying forward and that's been running a lot of our relationships and the ways that we, you know, the ways that we navigate our relationships, the, the dance that we do with each other in relationships, you know. I'm sure that you yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah, experience that as well, you know, Gosh, yeah, like there's so much to say with this. Yeah, please go with it. I know. It's like, where do we start, right? The, I guess one of the ways that I think about relationships and the holidays are so transparent about is that they're this huge reflection point for us. So yeah. if you think about every relationship you have has an element of reflection, people reflect back to you things that bug you, things that you love about that that are great about you, things that inspire you, things that you need to work on, you know, it's all, all, every bit of it, whether we want to call it good or bad, like they're, they're giving us back feedback for us to look, grow through. So mm. our growth is just inherently tied to all the people we interact with and the choices we make about that. So there's, you know, they're like giant mirrors walking around for us. <laughs> I love, I love that. And I totally believe that too, that relationships really show us. <laughs> They show us the good and they show us the things that maybe we want to continue to work on. Um, they, they trigger us, right? They, they definitely trigger yeah. us. And, you know, it really all goes back to as well, you know, how were you treated or not treated, right, in your family of origin relationships? I think a lot of our current relationships um, are based on that, whether it's marrying somebody who's a lot like your father or maybe you're um, – have friendships that mirror the way that your siblings treated you or, you know, your mother treated you if, you know, if you're a female and you have female relationships like that. So what do you, I guess, what is your, what is your viewpoint on that and how is that reflected in your own life? Yeah, I mean, it's so much about really, you know, growing up from that point, right? We all have, there's nobody on the planet, I don't think, who had, you know, a pristine childhood with no opportunity no. to, you know, shift those experiences. And some of us have had really challenging ones. So there's this, you know, wide spectrum of experience and our opportunity is kind of the same, though. We all have the opportunity to take the relationship that we build with ourselves as a platform to change you know, those patterns. And then we have the people in our lives around us that we love that we've chosen to have in our life at this point to practice with. And so 
one of the things that I learned this year that I'm going to share super, super, I'm going to say it's tiny, but it's like one of those things to be practiced that it can be profound is that when we hit up against these points where somebody's reflecting to us this, maybe the feeling that we're not good enough from our childhood that we experienced or like you didn't mm. or can come from anything, but let's say that feeling comes up for you and you're like, Oh my gosh, here it is again. This is painful. What I've learned this yeah. year is to take that much lighter because what in the past I used to go, oh, wow, big lesson. I kind of go into it in a almost a heavy way, a discouraging way maybe, or with this like, oh, it's going to be a lot of work. And one thing I found is that things are different now than they used to be years ago, I think. And I think there's this opportunity when we hit up against a place that needs attention to be mm-hmm. very kind, gentle, and light with it and go, oh, hi, I see you which is very different than saying, you know, <laughs> oh, boy. Right. Oh, my God, it's so you good. Know? Let me get away from it. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and treat it like uh, a little bit in a friendly, gentle way, like, oh, hi, you're back. Maybe you're layer number 65, but I've seen you before, but that's okay. You know, come over here. Oh. Let me make friends with you. Let me, let me be curious, you know. What's happening yeah. right now that, you know, is trying to teach me and, and to be – you know, okay, maybe I don't want to have that experience again. Where do I want to go and focus on what do we want different without making a huge, big story about why we're there and why it happened and, you know, and, and being thinking that we have to go. <laughs> yeah, and digging and let's go on a, let's go on an excavation to solve it. You know, let's just say, where do we want to go? Let's be kind with ourselves and let's shift our focus to where, you know, we can. And that, and that doesn't mean that sometimes there isn't, you know, a release of emotion or, you know, sure. some kind of clearing of, you know, things that happens. But, you know, I'm not saying to ignore it and push things under the rug. But there is this way of being with the stuff that comes up between us that gets triggered that can make it a much, much easier process. Because when we're light with ourselves, then other people can feel, you know, like let's say that you're, you know, you've got a, a partner or a child that triggers you. They see the trigger, right? They know they ticked you off. <laughs> and, if you could be light with that and almost even laugh or tell them how oh, I'm triggered, it's back in a, you know, in a, in a way that's different, then they're not going to go in defensive mode. And then you don't get this sometimes the whole pattern going and you can have a different experience much earlier. And so I'm finding yeah, and that. Not, and not think, blaming them. Right. And not blaming Right. Them. It's like, yeah, you know, and just taking ownership. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that allows people to have their experience and for you to have yours in an authentic way without placing a burden on the other person. Because then we get into this codependent dance that, you know, you're trying to get somebody to do something different so you can feel different. And that's that's not healthy, really. (laughs) And it's not effective, if anything. It just doesn't work. So we want to be able to own what comes up for us and see what's our part in it. That doesn't mean that there isn't stuff we may want to be different with another we might have to change our boundaries with somebody we might Mm. you know want to change other things and we may want to ask them to do something differently but ultimately the pain we experience or the upset is ours to own the way we interpreted that is ours to own and we have the opportunity to shift that so that ownership and then having dialogue in a way that we can be coming from as neutral place as possible and be vulnerable and be like, this is what's happening for me. Here's what I'm feeling. Um, you know, maybe even giving them benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure that you intended for that experience, you know, and be curious, you know, what was your intention? Where, where could we go with this dialogue to create something that's a better dynamic between us? 
And, you know, if you're both in an open place, then you can go quickly to where do we want to go instead of get, being stuck. Solution. And I'm right. Fun. Solution. Yeah. Into, yeah. And into creating new patterns and new ways of being together. And I'm just finding that those, the places I used to get stuck with people are shorter than they used to be. And, and sometimes it means stepping back while they're running their process. Maybe they're not ready to talk and just holding that you don't know everything. Let them run through their process till, you know, it's time to meet up again. <laughs> and so I think you, I think you brought up a few. Yeah. Yes. I, I, there's a few things that I want to just wrap up, like go back to because man, sure. you just said so many good things there. Um, one of the things I think is so important that the last thing you said is that, you know, honoring your process, but then also honoring other people's process and the way that they work through things. Because so often in relationship, and I've, I've done it, it's like, well, why can't you, you know, I process things pretty quickly, and maybe that's because mm-hmm. of the line of work I'm in. And my sweetie does not process things half as fast as I do. And yeah. so I have, I have to remember to be patient <laughs> and not trying yeah. to push his process um, <laughs> is one of the things I, I know that I have to um, – continually remind myself of, right, that everyone has their own process. Um, I want to go back to, you said layer number 65 or something like that, right? So I think a lot of us, <laughs> right, here's the layer 65 again. I think a lot of people beat themselves up or get stuck in the, God, why am I feeling this way or why am I going through this yeah. again? Um, when here's the deal, Many of us have not had healthy relationship models growing up. So it's going to take time. It's going to take practice. We are going to, t- you know, it's going to, it's going to be a process of, um, you know, getting as much up and out as we're able to, right? Um, in terms of healing, yeah. maybe past stuff as well. So, so to be really gentle with ourselves, I love that. And you know that I, I don't want to say preach, but preach compassion as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. with where we are. And then um, the yeah. other piece I loved is that you mentioned the I'm not enough. <clears throat> so one of the biggest triggers, one of the biggest beliefs in the world, given the way we were treated or not tra- treated growing up, pretty much everybody has it, is the, right, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. Yeah. Some version of that. Right? So a lot yeah. of us, because we have that filter, um, Things will happen in our relationships, and we're going to then see it, right, as that. Oh, they're doing this, or they're doing that, or they're not doing that because I'm not enough. And then we get really triggered again. Yeah. So I'm I'm hearing, yeah, so common. And it's in, like, you know, you said, it may not even be, it could just be our perception. It might not even be the truth. They might really think we're important. They may really love us, but they're going through their own shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've had that experience where, you know, you're just sure somebody's telling you, you meant it this way. <laughs> and so this is where the curiosity helps you when you're willing to go to somebody and say, this is what I'm feeling. It could just be my stuff, but I really don't know what you meant by it because this is how, you know, it came across to me. And I'm just trying to sort out what's mine to own and what your intention was. You know, it's a, it's a great question when you have a misunderstanding so that you can get to okay, what's really trying to get communicated here and what do I need to work with? And and your comment about compassion, that's probably one of the most valuable tools we have because when that feeling comes up that we're not enough, 
Mm. And, you know, that's one of my triggers. Um, I would say the thing that I found is like, sometimes I know like, Oh, I want to have that conversation. I want to get to that, but I can't get to it genuinely authentically in a place of peace where I'm feeling because all, all of the upset's still there. All the pain is still there. The, the trigger is still running. And the thing that I know works, if, if, if I cannot, you know, figure out a tool or find somebody to help me in that moment, the thing that will be the most powerful tool that I have in my pocket that I can remember always is to just turn my own compassion on myself that this is a painful mm. experience. And the minute that we do that and we genuinely feel wow, this is hard and this is hurting and I am loving mm. myself in that hurt, you basically, it's its funny, but you actually just shifted your consciousness from the upset. Part of it just jumped into the consciousness of, of love and divine compassion. And when you do that, you just moved yourself in a way out of the, the deepest pain and you begin to kind of pull out of it. And it might... And it's healing the pain. Deeper, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's actually healing the pain. the blanket around yeah. it. Yeah. And we sometimes, yeah, you know, we... I found... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, I I was just going to say I found that sometimes I have to sit in that for a while before it almost seeps through the pain. And, you know, almost as if you've got a your skin's, you know, kind of prickly and hurting and all that. And it takes a while to sink in. But if you just keep holding that way of being with yourself or that mindset and it's genuine, at some point it cracks through and you begin to soften. You can feel your body. You'll you'll feel yourself maybe breathe. You might feel your shoulders drop and relax. And you'll know that it's starting to kind of come in and you'll feel the shift happening. And then, you know, things start to move from there and that's what feels so good. Hmm. And then and then you're going to be able to relate to the you know, the person then that, you know, the, the quote unquote trigger as well, because you're not in that triggered place anymore, you know, because here's the thing, right? The part of you that got triggered by not feeling enough, not feeling lovable, you know, really the, the, the thing it wants is love. So, yeah. so for us, yeah, to, exactly. Like said, right. It really just wants love. So, you yeah. know, instead of lashing out, what if you just take that part of you, right? That wounded part of you, which yeah. all of us have some of that from our childhood. And you, I love that. You sit with it, you hold it, you let it feel. You know, yeah, I think that see. that is when people say, how do you love yourself? Like right there, you guys, what we're talking about right now is it may sound simple, but it's powerful. Yeah. And it's different to practice it. You know, like sometimes I think like, it sounds good, but it's not a, you know, there's almost a, it's like a muscle a little bit learning to do that, you know, and yeah. I find that when I'm in the most pain, it's the hardest to remember my tools. <laughs> so it's kind of ironic. It can you know, be. That when you, yeah, when you need it most, sometimes it's the hardest to reach for. And so um, I've had, there have been times in my life where I was going through difficult things where I actually made a list of ways to help myself get back to center it might be something as simple as taking a hot bath. It might be, you know, making the list of your friends that you know can really deeply hear you and aren't going to jump into, you know, rile you up more. <laughs> or maybe it's um, wrapping yourself in a blanket and taking a nap when you just you just can't go on anymore and allowing yourself to stop working. You know, maybe it's that choice. But there's what I've found is 
I sometimes need a, a little bit of a list to remind me of how to do this. Or sometimes I do need somebody just to, to give me a hug. I can't even feel my own love sometimes when you're, you know, you can have those points yeah. where it's that hard. And you need to ask for, you know, it's it's a great thing just to go, I just need you to hold me. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> can you just, you know, be the person to exemplify that love that I'm trying to connect with again? Because it's inside of us. We're just yeah. trying to to be in connection with it again. And I really believe that when we feel the most disconnected, we're never actually disconnected. And it's remembering that that is very powerful and knowing it's there. I'm just kind of finding my human way to get back to it, to, you know, remember it's there, to touch it, to feel it, and to let it seep back into, you know, my physical being. Because that's that's where we start to feel a little, you know, you know, we want to feel it. We want to feel it in the body. We're humans. We're not just spirits walking around. So, you know, we want to find right. these ways. <laughs> As enlightened as you know, we want to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a visceral experience when we're in pain, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. And, and I really like that, to have a list. So, you know, you guys, one of the things you might want to do, as Laura suggested, and I, I love that because I have a list, too, of, it's kind of it's kind of called like when I'm having a hard time list or, you know, when I'm triggered list or when I feel like shit list. It's, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the things on there that can help me um, to to get the support, to feel better, um, you know, I think that's really important to have that list and, and keep it in your journal or, you know, your notebook or whatever so, so you know where it is when you need it. Yeah, and you know, some sometimes there's situations that come up over and over again where you know this is a hard one for me, and so you know, I've worked with people, and and you know, maybe I talked with a friend and and come up with a good response to that, and I'll write it down. Like, let's say you've got somebody in your life who, um, you know, got maybe maybe when you interact with them and you get triggered, you're you have a hard time listening to them. So you know, I might write down, okay hold in accepting the other person's feelings deeply listen Mm. you know don't think about what i'm going to say just really allow them to be heard till they're completely done you know maybe it's reflect back what you heard and then allow yourself to have your own feelings and maybe even need to go away but you know i'll put little steps down for myself so when i'm stuck i don't i'm not reliant on my you know my uh lizard brain to respond to everything you know that's just in reaction. Well, the fight or flight, right? The fight or flight yeah. reaction, right? That when you touch, we touch each other's quote unquote pain points or wounds, um, not always on purpose, hopefully. Um, oftentimes, I find not on purpose, but yeah, to, you know, I'm even thinking about last night, I had a situation with my sweetie where I, I said something and um, he got very triggered by what I said. And, um, I listened to him instead of trying to defend myself, right? I just listened to the way he was feeling about it. And at the end, I said, thank you for sharing that. You know, next time, could you maybe share it in a way where it was less less of a harsh tone? Because when he doesn't like something, sometimes it feels (laughs) like him telling me how he feels is attacking me. (laughs) Yeah. But, right. but I think that's I think that's important that whether it's you or somebody else being triggered, like you said, breathe and listen, and maybe then when they're done or you're done, they get to do the same thing, right? Um, and maybe sometimes there's some space in between. 
I think that that's something yeah. important to remember too, like the whole process thing again, right? Yeah, and and some people, you know, I found something that's been challenging in my life is like some people want to dive in very quickly, and some of us are, you know, need space to get to our truth, and the truth doesn't come out that fast. I, I'm one of those people I really kind of have to sit with things. I don't always know what I want to say in a triggered situation right up front because I don't I want to be thoughtful about it, and I don't know. I'm just a, maybe I'm more of an introvert, but. Um, you know, we all have our way. And so as we, mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I've tried to inspire people with in the cosmology of love is to have lots of ways of approaching each other and to have dialogue. Um, what it does is introduce different ways that we can love each other. And some of those are learning these things about each other, having dialogue with the person you're with and saying, you know, this is, this is what works for me. And I'm asking you to try to learn to work with me and to, you know, communicate with me this way. And how do you need things to be provided to you? And we're not going to be, you know, perfect delivery mechanisms. Like, we're all different. But as we dialogue about it, we begin to understand better. Like, this person needs more touch. Maybe they're more of a, you know, a visceral feeling, touching person than I am. And maybe I'm more mental and, like, sharing my day is, like, so important to me when I walk in the door. Mm. And, um, you know, as you begin to dialogue about what people's, you know, highest needs are in relationship, then we can make sure that those are met. And then we get, you know, you can get to the the nice to haves, which is like, oh, it's really fun for me if we're spending more time, you know, doing this or that. But when we have the basic ones met and we know what they are, we know ourselves well enough to know what our needs are and can communicate those then we're able to do the same for other people and, and really hear them and, and understand them better. Because I really had, you know, the way the book came about is I, I was having one of those classic experiences where you're trying to love the people <laughs> in your life and they don't get, they're not getting it. They're not feeling loved. And I'm like, I couldn't be trying harder, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everybody's had this experience on one side or the other, right? It's frustrating. Yeah. And so, you know, so one day I was thinking about this and I was telling a friend uh, about it and, and she said, it sounds like you, you, you'd like to have a mandala of love in your life where you, you know, all the relationships, like you could see what is it people need so that, I, you know, I could meet them where they were, their needs were. And, and that's how the business, the love mandala was born is this idea that, you know, what if we all had a picture on our wall, a mandala <laughs> that said, you know, Tanya's top five ways that she wants to be loved are these ways. And what if, you know, your, you know, your child's top five waves were these, and you knew, like, I've got three different kids, and one is just not a touchy person. She doesn't like to cuddle. The other two, they couldn't get enough, you know, and you have to know those things where you kind of can push somebody away that you're trying to reach out right. to. And you, you right, know, or, not, or not give them, or not give it to them in the way that they need. Right. I'm just, I'm laughing, I'm laughing because I'm thinking, I read this book called, what, The Five Languages of Love, like, years ago. So it's, uh-huh. it's kind of like that, right? Like, so I love that. Yeah, it's a little, I love that yeah, love Melinda thing. It's like, what if we had this big heart that, that we, like, cut out, and we, like, wrote on it the ways that we most like to get and feel love and connection, yeah, and just the dialogue about it is what's super powerful. Like I, you know, I was sharing with somebody that probably my number one way to be loved is for people to be very present with me because, frankly, I grew up in a huge family. I had, uh, I grew up with seven, uh, five brothers, two sisters, then two step-siblings, and eventually, it's a long story, but blended family became ten kids. And, oh, 
wow. you're lucky if you've got the time of day, you know, I mean, very, you know, it was, it was a full happy household of chaos, but there wasn't a lot of presence because there wasn't time for it. So if somebody wanted to connect with me and they sat with me and really listened and looked me in the eyes, wow, I'm going to feel really important to them. And, you know, you learn stuff like that about yourself, right? Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. and then you learn that about the people you're with so that, you know, you're not, you know, maybe being uninterrupted in being listened to is the thing that is super important to them. <laughs> and that's for, for me, coming from a big family, hard to deliver, but I, you know, something like I could know about somebody and I could work on it. And, you know, you can begin to. Well, and letting them know once you know, right. Once, and once you know, um, for yourself, right. And this is where it takes some reflecting, uh, some time yeah. to reflect on that. Then you can then start to share it with the people around you and, you know, here's the deal, right? Some may be willing to give it to you and some may not um, or be able yeah, to, and you begin, right? So. Right, right. And so that's part of your process in life is creating your boundaries that work for you, learning to find, you know, relationships that are successful. And, and again, you're right. I mean, you can, you can work on all these things and sometimes we're just too far apart in the ways that we engaged or we might not resonate at the same level, but that doesn't mean that every interaction you can't bring the the quality of love or the consciousness of love to everything you do. And that's something else that, you know, whether that's how you relate to yourself when you're hurting or how you speak to somebody else, you know, that's the kind of thing that I want to inspire people to think about and to cultivate so that they can just have more love, experience it, you know, have better relationships and, you know, find the people that, you know, resonate with them and and share you know, the gifts that they have with each other. It's, you know, it's a process of discovery and it's, it's kind of an amazing journey with ourselves and others to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we're really here, right. Is, is to connect and get back to that place of gosh, acceptance for one another and love, even though we may not choose to stay together, still loving that person for who they are. Um, and maybe, yeah. you know, what they did bring to your life, even if it's time to move on. And I know that, you know, we talked about two other things that I, I know we're, you know, kind of getting to our time, but there's, there's some of the things I, two really other things I'd like to talk about. One of them is how do we honor what our truth is when we're in a relationship with someone else and it's going to affect them? <laughs> And how do we honor their truth as well um, if it might not be, quote, unquote, you know, be, it might not be seen as favorable to the other person what our truth is. Um, yeah. You know, they may and, feel hurt. They may, you know, whatever. So how do we, you know, how do you navigate that? Yeah, not, I mean, that's just a super, super powerfully charged question in my world. <laughs> and I think, uh-huh. uh, you know, an amazing one because I think that's what when – because sometimes we look at situations and we think like, oh, it's pretty easy to know what's a loving thing to do, you know. And then we look at situations, others, and, and I'll share my own personal experience, and where figuring out what is the loving thing to do is not always apparent and can be can take tremendous courage to explore. And for me, this happened. This was a, this was a very tough year for me personally in the sense that um, early in the year, um, I separated from my husband of 25 years and we had not only three children and we've been friends since we were teenagers, but we have a business together. So we have this very, very integrated life. It's not, um, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have the desire to, I didn't want to destroy all that 
And it was so scary for me to speak up and say, there's some elements of our relationship that really aren't working. And we'd been trying all kinds of things to address them. And we just were sort of in this place of, um, you know, it's just kind of coming to this point where I, it was the only self-honoring thing to do was to, to begin to speak what was in my heart. And it takes incredible courage to do that when you know that it's a hard message to hear, no matter how they're going to receive it, you know? And yeah. it took me a lot. It took me some real work to be clear about what I was going to say wasn't working for me and what I wanted. And it took a lot of exploration really every day to understand how to be loving in this situation because, you know, sometimes you're, you're sharing something that you know is hard for the person to hear. And yet being vulnerable enough to share that is the only way you're actually going to have intimacy. And, you know, in our case, our, our relationship has changed from a romantic partnership to, you know, a lifelong friendship. And we, we've been working very diligently as a family to create a whole new structure that works for us and we call it the two household family and you know our realtor joe she's but she helped us find two new homes that were fairly close together and you know she goes you guys are definitely the new modern family (laughs) but it's but it's been like a it's almost been like a hour by hour process to understand how to to relate in a loving way in a change like that because you know you think of Love is just being kind and all these things. Like I was taught, you know, it was. And not hurting the other person. Not hurting the other person. Right. Right. (laughs) So when it does hurt, when, when, you know, when, you know, this decision was made, you know, we do need to separate and change, you know, our relationship to something different. And, you know, you can imagine, I, you know, I can just, people can imagine my, my children were not so excited about this and the hurt and the anger and, you know, the the response. Was, you know, you really have to stand in the fire for yourself sometimes and say, I can't do anything other than honor my truth, and I have to yeah. allow you your process in order to go through. I have to accept how you feel about it, and that's actually the loving thing to do is to deeply yeah. hear their pain, to allow them to express what they have, even if it really hurts to hear it, and, yeah. and to allow them to honor where they're at. And I even had this experience where, my daughter had a she had a surgery midsummer when this was all happening, and I was bringing her home from the hospital. Um, and she said to me, "Mom, I just I need to tell you, you just need to let us have some time to adjust because I wanted so much to not lose my whole family in the process and my relationship with my former husband, and that." I just wanted them to catch my, you know, the vision of like, we can do this. We can, we can become a new family, but they needed the time to move into that right away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause there's some part of me that caught the vision of like, okay, we don't have to do what everybody else has done in this planet or the typical, I don't say everyone else. We don't want to have to do the typical thing and be disrupted forever and never, you know, have that sense of family anymore, but it does have to change. And that was, it was, you know, it's really painful to pull that kind of thing apart and so that we can recreate. But if you don't have this, if you don't allow people to have their own experience and respect everyone to honor their own piece of the puzzle, you can't come back together, you know, in an authentic way. And so, um, well, in a loving way, cause, yeah, because there's a lot of people that, you know, I mean, I've been witnessed to a lot of 
kind of nasty divorces where, you know, people just, man, they just take it so personally and they lash out at anger at the other person um, because I guess they don't know how to deal with their pain, right? And so to be able, yeah. yeah, it's just pain. It's just pain. So, you know, what you're talking about is really, I think, important for maybe a lot of people listening to hear whether they're currently in a relationship that the way it's working isn't, and it doesn't have to just be romantic. It, it could be a friendship, right? But, but yeah. that the relationship as it is right now is not working for you, right? There's things about it that are not working. And so how do you, you know, lovingly express what is not working, which is your truth, and how do you make that transition? You know, obviously you kind of need a willing partner to do that, whether it's a friend or, you know, significant other, right? And your partner was willing to yeah. do that, Laura. Yeah. And, you know, we, and we both had our moments. I don't want to make it sound like it was so easy or anything where, you know, we both had oh, our moments. Oh, not all rainbows and unicorns? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's been some, it's been some very serious work to continue each day, you know, as things have come up to, keep choosing that and to keep coming back together to say, okay, where do we go from here? How can we support our whole family and each other in this process? How do we create a new life that supports everyone? You know, but those have been our objectives and, you know, we've managed to do that. You know, I've been looking for models and found a few, but boy, it's been an incredible opportunity to learn to just go inside and keep asking how does love show up in this? Cause this is hard. This has been, you know, not, it's not obvious always what to do. And the one thing I think you could use, whether you're in a relationship that you're just, you know, you're giving your hundred percent to making, you know, continuing it or you're, you know, making changes and trying to shift is when we have things that are troubling us and not working, being willing to have that crucial conversation and approach somebody yeah. with this vulnerable authenticity and say, here's the experience I'm having and to trust that that's more powerful than hiding anymore or holding it inside and letting go and allowing things to begin to unfold and becoming unattached to the immediate, you know, outcome is one of the most powerful things we can do in relationship. And sometimes our deepest fears are going to come up in that. And sometimes, oh, they'll, yeah. you know, we have to face them. And sometimes they're completely not real and they immediately get whisked off the table and you're like, phew, that was so good I spoke of. I just saved myself, you know, who knows how much angst by just having that conversation. And sometimes there's deeper work that comes from it. But I have never regretted having those crucial conversations and I'm, I'm getting better at them. They, that's, again, a, it's like a learned thing, right? For those of us who didn't have much modeling, we have, you know, we have to practice them and sometimes they go better than other times, but it's the willingness to keep showing up and, and being loving yeah. and authentic with ourselves and others in the best way we know how and just trusting the process a little bit on a, you know, a big scale, trying to pull back to that 10,000 foot level think- and say, you yeah. know, it somehow there's, you know, there's vision behind this that can lead us to a better place. I think that's really, I think that's, you know, a really key thing you said is, um, you know, really being able to be vulnerable and speak what is true for you, even if somebody else may not take it um, favorably, right? Um, they may, they may not take it the way, um, and who knows the way they're going to take it, really. Right. We, we don't even yeah. know that. Um, that's one right. of the fears. We have, 
We have a lot of ideas about it. (laughs) Yeah, we sure do. And maybe from the past, maybe they have reacted that way before, but we we never know. But being able to do that takes courage because the truth is we, we don't know ultimately what's going to happen down the road and trusting that whatever does happen, the most important thing, like you said, is really being able to speak our truth because that's loving for us. Right. And really, the number one thing we're, we're here to do is, yes, love others. But we've got to really love and honor ourselves first. Yeah. 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 There's a I, I feel called to just share this one principle that I I was taught in the spiritual psychology program that I have come to. You know, I've chosen to believe I, I, I think it's true and it's a it's a hard one. And what, what they would always say to us, because we would have these conversations in class around extremely difficult situations that people had been through, and they would say, you know, when when something is right, well, let's take it this way. If something isn't working for you, on some level, it's not working for the other person in the relationship. And so mm-hmm. when we feel something and we want to share and we ha- are coming to, like, you know, I need... I need this or I need to communicate that and this this is what, you know, I'm feeling I need. There is a level of it being for the best for everyone and trusting that. So, you know, even when, you know, we tell, I'm trying to think of a good example with our children, but, you know, we're asking them, they might not like what we're hearing or they might not like us saying, you know, here's what I need. Um, but it's always good for everyone it's like if our heart, if our cards aren't on the table, then it's really not the best scenario for everyone because they can't make an right. adjustment either, right? And they can't right. If one person's not living their truth, then it's hard for other people to do it as well. Yeah, and it gives others this freedom to live their truth as well. And sometimes that's kind of scary because we're all kind of used to living in a certain way with each other. We develop these interactions and patterns, and sometimes they make us feel safe. But our safety is actually at is really much greater in living our authenticity and authentically loving ourselves and, and being true to that above it, you know. Yeah, and I really I do like that spiritual truth and I'm totally on board with that and teach that as well. That if you know, if you're not happy in something then the other person probably isn't either, whether they're ready to acknowledge that or not. I'm just thinking about um, you know, when I when I asked for a divorce Back in 2010, um, my husband at the time was not wanting that. We'll just put it that way. He he did not want that. And it took probably a year, year and a half after the divorce that he finally was able, um, we remained friends, and he, and he said to me, you know, thank you so much for having the courage to ask for a divorce because I wasn't happy either. But I just couldn't admit it at the time. So... Um, yeah, so it's, I think, you know, again, it's stepping up and, and having that courage to be vulnerable and, and speak what is true for you, what's working or not working in relationship, and whether it's your family, whether it's a friend, whether it's a sweetie, whether it's your children, I think is um, we're just all being called to step into more authenticity and more vulnerability right now. So, Laura, I want to thank you for sharing that. So, um, Laura, do you want to tell us, I know we're at the end of our time here, do you want to tell us a little bit about the free gift? 
Judy, I can't hear you. You went away. Hello? All right. Not sure what happened, but um, until Laura comes back, I will tell you about her free gift. <laughs> um, Laura has for us the cosmology of love. 70 plus ways to experience greater love. And it's a new ebook that just came out. So, um, yeah, so you guys can get Laura's new ebook, which I am going to definitely sign up for at the link that is right below this audio. And um, those of you who are on iTunes or Podbean, all you need to do is come over to tanyapenny.com. And up along the top of the, the scroll bar, toolbar area, you can just click on podcast and it'll take you to this interview, um, Laura's free gift, as well as my free gift, the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit, which is the 10 Keys Blueprint Guide, audio lesson, and one of my secret tools, the Guided Therapeutic Meditation Practice. So you can grab that as well, as well as all the other free speaker gifts. And, um, yeah, so you can go ahead and grab that. And um, as I said, not sure what happened, but Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life. And remember, progress, not perfection. Um, This stuff is, is challenging, small steps to heal, to shift your relationships so that you can really have um, the health, the love, and the life that you desire and deserve. But it does take time sometimes, and it can be challenging. So um, remember compassion for yourself and everybody that is, gosh, on this crazy ride with us right now. So um, have a beautiful day, and until um, next time, thank you. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to leave us a favorable review at iTunes. And remember to visit tanyapenny.com to receive all of your favorite free expert gifts, including Tanya's virtual workshop, The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint.